When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. It's Mike's show. You might be mocking me or you might be staunchly agreeing with me. I can't tell. I'm mocking you. And the Bulldog. What is Fozzie uh, Bear's role in this production? On WGR Sports Radio 550. Happy New Year. Welcome back. Football Friday. On WGR, brought to you by Tops Markets. Score big savings and elevate your food game. I'm Mike Shope. Glad to have you. Bulldog is off today and will be off on Sunday for postgame, but he and I will be here New Year's Day to go over what happens between the Bills and the Patriots and take a new look at what by then will be a clarified playoff picture, but maybe not completely clear. Always a pleasure to welcome Mike Tanier to the show. Mike joins us now on the West Her Hotline. Uh, we've known each other through this show for many years. Associate with Aaron Schatz, again now at FTN, writes for The Messenger. On your bio, Mike, likes to pet other people's dogs. <laughs> yes. So, I mean, oh, that's it's not like everybody does. So that's good to point out. I mean, some people are not into your dog, but... If, if you ever do swing by, have I got one for you? Oh, beautiful. I will be happy to pet your dogs. I do enjoy it. And uh, I do have my own dog also, and I love petting him as well. But I let you drink coffee and pet other people's dogs. I don't think that makes me a strange person. I hope that makes me – that's my authentic <laughs> That's my authentic self, and I, and I share it with the world. And you put it right out there for all to see. We have a 10-week-old pug, Margot. Mm. She goes about four pounds. Oh, yeah. Put them in your put her in your pocket. I love it. Yeah, that's 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 one idea. All right. Well, Mike, a fascinating season here in Buffalo, and <laughs> right, that's that's also that's one word for it. You can use that again. I mean, every time you get into the end weeks of the season, and the different playoff scenarios are always really fun to sort of ponder. But this, as many have said, this does look like a team that has the whole range of outcomes here, from missing, still possible, to winning the whole thing. Would you uh, say the same? It does. All the range of outcomes is there. I checked FPN Network, where they use the DVOA analysis for playoff odds, and right now the Bills have an 88% chance of reaching the playoffs. That's a very good chance of reaching the playoffs um, because of the work they've done, obviously, in the last month. And I was just listening during the break to that injury report, and that injury report is about as good as it can be uh, for the Buffalo Bills, not only because they're relatively healthy, but you see Trevor Lawrence being out. You have Michael Pittman being out for the Colts. Uh, you have Jalen Waddle getting out. A lot of scenarios here where the Bills take care of their business and some of the other AFC teams could potentially fall off the pa- off the pace, giving them a better shot at the playoffs. Right. Throw Cortland Sutton, if you want, on there. Just in, uh, ruled ruled out for Denver, but they've already pulled Russell Wilson, if, that is, if that's even a bad thing. Well, right. sort of a, a, a 
strange season in how the Bills have, the, the games they've lost are just really tough to live with. Um, yes. Bad mistakes at the end, the New England loss, the Jets earlier. But they've come up big here against better teams. Uh, they lost in Philadelphia, but since then. And so how big for you, Mike, as you analyze this, is it that they get the AFC East, that Miami loses in Baltimore and the Bills beat Miami next week? I think like worlds of difference, you know, from going on the road probably three times in the right. AFC playoffs, if they still get in, to hosting the seven seed and playing it out from there. Like what a difference. Absolutely. And hosting the seventh seed would be you know, your best case scenario because you're looking at that seventh seed and it, it could be the Colts you know, who are really limping in right now, or it could be the Texans and they'd have C.J. Stroud out there, but that team overall is not particularly strong, and these would be favorable matchups. You know, if if I had faith in the Bills as a home team in the winter, if I didn't see what happened last year in the playoffs at home in the winter conditions, I'd be like, yeah, Bills get get these home games and they can can coast. You know, I would say that about a team like the Cowboys. The Bills have have put so many questions out there in the last year or so in terms of what type of team they are week to week that it's almost like, you know, the best thing I could say about it is if they win the AFC East, that means they're playing really good football going into the playoffs and they're relatively healthy, and that's the advantage more so than saying, oh, yeah, here we come. Come up to Buffalo. We're going to freeze you out. Last year the Bills were the team that got frozen out in that situation. Right. The good news maybe for that point this year is that it's 50 every day this year uh, in the winter. Uh (laughs) There you go, right. El Nino. Um, But possibility (laughs) of snow showers Sunday, temperature in the mid to high 30s, they say, for Bills and Patriots. So... um, the AFC, it's been interesting, Mike. Like before the year, we talked to all our guests and just how loaded it was. But you've had the Bills lose six games. Kansas City is its own story. Baltimore is the one. I guess Miami, but we everybody wants to see Miami beat somebody good, which yeah. you know they kind of kind of just did. But they just did, yeah. <laughs> right. Like, the, do, do the Ravens stand apart for you as a contender in this conference? Likely to be at home, and just are they on a different tier? I think they are on a different tier, and if you break down the the, the analytics of it, uh, you see they are right up there with the San Francisco 49ers, and both of those teams are in a tier by themselves. We think of the 49ers at at that level. We don't think of the Ravens at that level, maybe because early in the year we saw them trip over the Colts, et cetera, et cetera. But you look at some of the the wins on the Ravens' resume, starting with the Niners last week. That's as impressive as you can possibly be. Uh, You had a a beating of the Detroit Lions earlier in the season by the Baltimore Ravens. You have a couple of uh, games like that that show that this team can be dominant. And uh, One thing about the Ravens is they are the team – when we talked about the Bills in the preseason, you, you, you talk about you know being stacked on the offensive line, being de- deep on defense, you know being deep in the secondary, having all these things that for the Bills injuries er- you know, er- eroded a little bit. But this team was top to bottom strong. Baltimore Ravens are top to bottom strong. They've got answers and solutions on every unit. They've got depth at every unit. They've got a track record where the next guy up, the backup comes in and plays well. So you can look beyond Lamar Jackson and his heroics and look behind the fact that like they lost Mark Andrews and say, wow, this team can win with pass rush. They can win with a running game. They can obviously win with special teams. And that's what makes them so dangerous in, the, in a playoff tournament. You know, speaking, I want to get back to Jackson and the Ravens, but, you know, you, you got into the Bills there and sort of what the forecast was for them. Yes. He, here they are since the change at offensive coordinator leaning into their running game, which yes. – 
You know, if you care, like I have just never wanted that. Every every off season, it's which running back will they draft or trade for? You know, all, we've heard all the names. Right. And come on, take a look at the charts. Right, their p- expected pass rate is among the highest in the league, and mm-hmm. recently it's among the lowest, which is a really stark change. Do you think they can like keep winning that way once they get into the playoffs and maybe have to go on the road? You know, well, conditions could impact that. But the thing about running is running reduces the chance of something going haywire when you are the better team and you're in the lead, okay? One of the reasons why somebody like me who comes from an analytics background says, no, you should pass, 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 I would pull my hair out with the Buffalo Bills because they would be leading by 10 points in the fourth quarter and Josh Allen would be throwing bombs. Like At that point in the game, it is time to say we have the better uh, offense at the line of scrimmage. We can do zone read. We can do all these other things. We can stuff the ball down your throat and get out of here. And instead, they would be going for this like kill shot and sometimes get themselves into trouble. And I think what we've seen in the last couple of weeks is a Buffalo Bills team that, okay, we take the lead. Now that's why we're running the ball down the opponent's throat because we can, because this game is under control. We're just trying to get out of the stadium. Uh, and, and that's to their benefit. That's something they should do against New England. You should be able to take the lead on New England and say goodbye, Bailey Zappi, and get the win. I don't know what that does for you against the Dolphins in Week 18. I don't know what that does for you in the playoffs, except that if you do get in control of those games, this is a, a way of solving the problem of saying, oh, somebody's going to come back on us and beat us. Sure. Yeah, the Dallas game, quintessentially, right? I mean, Allen doesn't even get to 100 yards. He throws maybe 15 passes, 7 for 15, something like that. Just He's not had games like that. In, right, don't put them. Don't put it in a position where Micah Parsons gets a strip sack on you when you've got a two-score lead, when you are running the ball down the throat. That doesn't make sense. And I think that's what the coordinator change has really done for them. It is interesting how they've gone a little bit further than that, though, in, in terms of Cook and the running game. And what it, bring, it can bring up, I say can bring up, is sort of what they are at this stage receiver-wise. Like, mm-hmm. Diggs has not gone over 100 since week five, which is a long time for him. Um, Davis has had some bagels. Kincaid has one catch in two weeks with Knox back. And Cook didn't even get a reception in L.A. So um, should, yeah. should we worry? You have to be realistic about the fact that beyond Diggs, this is not a deep playmaker core, especially in terms of receivers. And I think we saw that coming into the season where the plan was Dalton Kincaid, who is a tight end, is going to be our slot guy. You know, rookie tight ends generally generally don't make it as slot guys right away. That's something they could do in year four, year five. We're seeing David Joku right now is a veteran doing that for the Browns. It's a tall order for a rookie. Kincaid had a pretty good rookie year, but you're reaching the limit of that. So, you know, this is the weakness for the Buffalo Bills is, yeah, if the ball's not going to digs, it's a little bit of a manufacturer who, who the ball's going to situation with these other receivers. Problem for the Bills, hey, can I introduce, can I introduce you to the Kansas City Chiefs this year? Yeah, <laughs> they're trying to do it wide receiver. They have a real problem there. A couple other teams have problems in that regard, but it is something that is a worry for the Buffalo Bills. Mike Tanier, my guest, themessenger.com, at Mike Tanier on Twitter, longtime associate of Aaron Schatz, we've spoken with many times as well over the years, now at FTN and the FTN Almanac. So on the Chiefs, Mike, like, is it fixable? The season? Yeah. yeah. This is what you get. This is what you get. Um, all the fixes that can be in place are in place. Like, Rashi Rice has gotten better at receiver. So you've got that solution there. Hey, Kadarius Tony has been limited to like a, hey, here's a cameo, now go away before you make a mistake. They've done that. You know, they're trying to get Justin Watson involved, et cetera. 
you're not going to suddenly find a receiver on the roster who's going to come up and be, you know, even even Juju Smith-Schuster level quality, let alone Tyreek Hill. So they have to figure out how to win like this. During the season, they won like that because the defense played well, because they would bring a little more to the table as a, with, with their running game and because their offensive line is still good, and Mahomes, Mahomes, Mahomes. But they have a ceiling right now. This is not the 2019 Chiefs ceiling, 2021, 2022 Chiefs ceiling. It's a lower ceiling than what we're used to with them, and they're still very dangerous in the playoffs, but I think they're also very vulnerable as well. Yeah, it's, it's hard to know. I mean, maybe this is a team that could have been doing what the Bills have done, with their run pass stuff, I, I don't right. know. It's like we 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 saw them win without Tyree Kill last year. You mentioned Juju, who by the way will not play for New England here on uh, Sunday. He's yeah. been ruled out as well. Um, I just know, like, so the Bills and Chiefs, even like just a couple of weeks ago, have had these titanic showdown games, regular season and playoffs. From yeah. a Bills standpoint, just me speaking, I mean, there's a pretty good path here to the Bills as the six and the Chiefs as the three and I I don't want it (laughs) I just it's like it's like talking about Belichick for it toward the end of Brady and then after that you know here would come the Patriots on the schedule and I'd just Mm -hmm. be you know super anxious and nervous about it right and 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 the Bills proved gave you a reason to be uh, anxious about it earlier in the season and you're probably still a little worried right now because they're they're playing a little bit better football but yeah I don't think anybody's saying hey let's go into Arrowhead and take our chances with Patrick Mahomes (laughs) that said you can look at this team now and say well here are the ways we can be and the Raiders just beat them we can get forced mistakes when we get a mistake by one of their receivers we have to turn around and score on the other end there's a path to victory for the Chiefs that's a little easier than it was last year the year before the year before right with Mike Tanier, this is Mike Shope on WGR. Okay, so I wanted to get back to Baltimore with you, Mike, thinking about the MVP race. I know at The Messenger you've written about, as you go through your column, uh, like Brock Purdy in your more, more recent column last week being basically eliminated from the MVP race with his performance yep. on Sunday night. What have you sort of seen that's been interesting to you this year, an unusual year for how many different players have been the betting favorite it's as many as eight, I think, you know, week, yeah. week to week. And what do you think happens from here? Well, first of all, whenever I talk about the MVP race on social networks, I am simply trolling now. I, do, <laughs> I have given up on this race, and everybody comes in screaming with their take, and I'm just trolling. I, I don't have a vote. I did not make any bets on it, and I don't really understand. You know, a couple of weeks ago I was saying, hey, I know, I know who Debo and Christian McCaffrey and George Kittle are. I, I, I didn't just uh, come, come off of the, out of a field somewhere. I know how football works. But if Brock Purdy gets the 49ers a home field advantage throughout the playoffs and leads the NFL in DVOA and DR and QBR and all these things, I say, you know, he should be the MVP. Uh, what, I, I don't care that, like, another quarterback would have done it better or whatever. He did it, okay? That's what I was saying a week ago. Four interception game in the biggest game, I see it. Like, okay, maybe that's not it. Lamar Jackson is right now the betting favorite pretty prohibitively at minus 190. We'll see where we're at uh, on New Year's Day and what he did against the uh, against the, um, the Dolphins. I just wish that there was more of an understanding that, yeah, if we, if we can argue that Christian Purdy doesn't deserve it, then we should be able to argue that Christian McCaffrey does. Because mm-hmm. if, the, if the quarterback is that reliant some of the time – on the playmakers, then the playmakers should be eligible for it. So, you know, I've, I've kind of given up on it. I'm waiting and seeing like everybody else. But I'll tell you right now, comeback player of the year, a couple of days ago you could have had Joe Flacco at plus 600 for comeback player of the year, and you can only get him at plus 100 now. So, folks, 
looks <laughs> like you missed your chance to be wacko for Flacco in a way that could have paid off for you. That's a comparison, Joe Flacco, to DeMar Hamlin that I'm not qualified to make. Like, I, I don't even know. Hamlin's been the favorite all year, even by a lot at times, and he just hardly plays. But he, he's on the team, and we know the story. It's amazing. It's awesome. Um, but I don't know how to compare. No, I, I, I am a huge fan of DeMar Hamlin. I was able to be there during Super Bowl week where he made a variety of appearances, and it was really, really inspiring to see him, and it's still inspiring to see him. I don't know if that award is designed for that. And I'll give another example of a ball player, Foster Moreau, tight end for the Saints, who overcame cancer this offseason. Um, that's also extremely impressive, but like that's not something where you look at it and say, well, that's a, a comeback player of the year. So I, 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 I want the most for DeMar Hamlin. If he wins it, I will cheer for him. There is a sense that I'm not sure that this is what that award was really meant to do. Yeah. And maybe we can honor his accomplishments in different ways. Last year, I went on rants a few times about this award. At one time, Derrick Henry was the favorite, who literally came <laughs> back the previous year and played in the playoffs. So yeah. I don't know. And then we're talking about Geno, who eventually won. And a guy called up, and he's like, well, what is he coming back from? Was he ever good? If he, if he was good and then bad and then good, that's a comeback. If he's just bad to good, that's most improved. But it's right. I don't know what to do with it. Hey, I, I, I won plus thirteen hundred on Geno, so I will have no yes. complaints about the Geno Smith. But again, if the voters decide to more Hamlin, phenomenal. I'm all, I'm all for it. My thought is that he is in a different category from this. Right, man of the year. How about things like that? Yes, yes, Walter Payton, man of the year. Mike, um, you have a history with Flacco. I didn't know this until just sort of looking at Twitter today. Well, what is it? I was a a, a high school mathematics teacher. In the uh, late 90s and early 2000s, and I had the pleasure of teaching Joe Flacco in honors calculus in whatever year that was, 2002 or 2003. Mm -hmm. He is still a neighbor. The family still lives a couple of miles away. I still sometimes run into his in-laws and his brothers socially here in southern New Jersey. Pretty cool. Was he a good student? He's honors. He was an outstanding student. He was an absolutely outstanding student, great young man. It It was a thrill early in his career to watch him. And, uh, you know, it was actually a little uh, a little bit lump in my throat a little bit when he sort of became that punchline, you know, when the Flacco yeah. Elite thing went, came in. And it's been, uh, it's been absolutely inspiring to see this comeback. Are they live for you? I think they are. Who's that, the Browns? The Browns, yeah. I mean, talking about the AFC and teams that, and their flaws, like, could, yeah. could, they, could they do it? Yeah, they, they might wind up coming in as the wild card team that goes against the champion of the AFC South. Some very vulnerable Jaguars team where the Jaguars fall off, and and you're going out there with that defense against you know a rookie quarterback or something like that. If the Texans wind up on top of that division, so they can win a game or two. And you know I, I said it in one of my articles. It's like if you looked at the year that the Ravens won the Super Bowl with Joe Flacco at quarterback, you would not have believed it. They were ten and six going into that playoff tournament. They they had lost a couple games coming in. They fired their offensive coordinator. They right. weren't that impressive. Ray Lewis was hurt for part of that season and they had to go through Peyton Manning with the Broncos and Tom Brady with the uh, with the Patriots at their peaks and they did it. So any anything is anything is possible. That's right. When you have Joe Flacco. Yeah, I mean I, <laughs> I guess it is. Uh I was going through the there's four teams in NFL history that have won three playoff road games to get to a Super Bowl. The Ra- that Ravens team is not one of them, but they might as well be. Like they, you know, like they won at home the first week, but then those yes. those two wins, the improbable Denver win, and then an easy win, it turned out in New England. Uh, wow. They might they might as well count for this. Yep, I think those 1980 Raiders were one of those teams, and no matter what, and they had to change quarterbacks in midseason. No matter what, when you do that, it's going to be improbable 
because if you're going on the road every week, it means things didn't go too well for you in the regular season. 07 Giants, who were here in the second-to-last game of the year. They were Their form was bad. It was the worst weather day ever, and that's in Buffalo. Like just <laughs> wow. super windy, and the Bills got out fourteen nothing. And I'm sure that the talk was like, "What a lost season!" And they won every game that game all the way through the undefeated. Well, they, I guess they lost to New England the next week when New yes. when New England's undefeated, but then won that mm-hmm. Super Bowl. That's improbable for you, right there. Amazing. Thank you, Mike, so much. Happy New Year. Best to you uh, and Aaron and everybody that uh, you work with. Absolutely. Happy New Year to you and yours. Thank you, Mike. Mike Tanier on the Wester Hotline, themessenger.com, FTN Almanac as well with Aaron Schatz. Lines are open for you next, 803-0550, the playoff picture, the Bills and their offense. One thing I'm thinking a lot about and talking a lot about here, just um, can they keep going run heavy, which for them they especially are doing in, uh, well, this game isn't maybe the best Example for that question, but like, can they go all the way this way? What do you think? And how big Miami and Baltimore is to what will happen to the Bills this year? Anything else in and around the Bills, the playoffs? I am here for it. Football Friday on WGR, presented by Tops Markets. Score big savings and elevate your food game. This is Mike Shope. It's time for a break. We'll be back in a snap. Brought to you by Snapdragon Apples, the official... Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker of yours. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of colors starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Apple of the Buffalo Bills. It's hard to come by when you're talking about 17 now games in a position like offensive line where there's friction almost every play, right? So very fortunate this year that we've had that continuity. They've done a really nice job. And obviously there was two new pieces in that offensive line five, that starting five there. So that took some getting used to and to build that chemistry through the continuity that we've had. I think you're seeing the results of it.
No kidding. The offensive line has, I mean, nobody's missed a start. Injuries, so much the story around the Bills for a good part of the season. But here, as it gets late, focusing on the offensive line and how they have totally held up physically. You look at the Dolphins, right? I mean, the Bills are vying for that AFC East title with Miami. And they've had numerous injuries, like kind of all season up front. Good for them winning as many games as they have despite that. Now they've lost, back in that loss to Tennessee, their starting center for the year. They have really had to uh, patch it together there up front Miami. Um, Playoff stuff, I I love that. If you've got any questions or comments about scenarios here this weekend, you're going out to the stadium on Sunday, you want to make sure... You know, you can be the guy that can answer the questions. You know, of course, nowadays you don't need to know anything because you can just sort of check right there. You've got your phone. You've got the world at your fingertips there. You can just sort of check. Um, I mentioned earlier how I have a friend who I was talking to today about this and how he thinks, like, the crowd on Sunday will just be glued to the Miami game. You know, yeah, you can handle it. We've got we've got people with basement set setups with five or eight games going at the same time. Um, I don't have that, but I love it. I, I sometimes will end up in that setting, and I, I can handle it. I love to try to watch them all. I'll have my phone. We'll use like, I think it's, I'll use ESPN mostly on, like a, say, a Sunday if the Bills aren't playing and I'm not here uh, or at the stadium or something. I'll have e- the ESPN fantasy app with each game and the play-by-play. One thing that's annoying, those of you who can like sort of relate to this, um, this is for you. You want to be checking on everything, and fantasy-wise, you want to know who made every play. You know, you see the the line move 25 yards for Tennessee. Was that Derrick Henry or somebody else? But you click on it, and if there's a timeout, either for a change of possession or a team calls timeout, an injury, what you'll get right after the play is over on the ESPN fantasy app there under matchup, it just says like timeout number two or something like that. And you know what? It'd be cool if they could just leave the play there and then put the timeout thing like after it so you can see what the last play was. There might be 10 of you that have had this thought that, you know, consume football on Sundays the way I do and sort of get annoyed by that. So that was for you. But all the games on the screens, everything like that, sure. And without that, if I'm in my living room, one TV, my phone, computer for like probably usually my lineups, and then um, if it's Sunday Sunday ticket, back in those days, I've had Sunday ticket for many years until this year. This year I could have really used it because there are fewer Sunday afternoon Bills games like to browse around. Red Zone, of course, famously does that, but I, um, well, I'll just say it. I'm, I'm better at Red Zone than they are. At, at getting to the game I want to watch. Of course, it's you know, like what I want, So I'm, but I'm, you know, the dexterity when it comes to the remote and making sure I don't miss anything important, uh, I take pride in that. But with, without uh, Sunday ticket, it's just kind of a talent that's, that's going to waste. No Juju Smith-Schuster for the Patriots, whatever. He has 29 catches this year in 11 games. Man, I mean, it's, it's been said by so many, by everybody, when it comes to New England, they really just do need new eyes on their roster, their their team, their draft picks, their signings. 
I'll just make this point quickly because I don't want to sit here the day before a game against New England and talk about how bereft of talent they are. Maybe maybe that's a, a bad omen. But, you know, like the Juju signing, a lot of these moves were are not through the benefit of hindsight. Draft picks, too. Drafting Nikhil Harry, like our guest on Wednesday, Mike Giardi pointed out, or like I pointed out in that conversation, Tyquan Thornton. Or, you know, signing Smith-Schuster, who even at 27, looks kind of shot physically. And so just – and they that's big money they, they put into him. And draft capital with these other guys, Nikhil Harry, a first-round pick, just uh, they've made many mistakes. So, of course, we're, we're all uh, wondering what will happen next year. Is Belichick out? And if he is, where would the New England Patriots turn? You know, maybe it's just – the moment where you get super young. Who would want to follow him? You know, like who would want to be, well, like they, you already know what I'm going to say. You don't want to be the guy that replaces the legend. You want to be the guy that replaces the guy that replaces the legend. I wonder just how different the Patriots would be in uh, in a coaching search. But, you know, I would want, usually teams, usually teams when they make a coaching change go for the opposite. So in New England's case, it would be young and offense. And, you know, there are a lot of, always a lot of good candidates for that. Ben Johnson in Detroit, Bobby Slowick in Houston, the Patriots and Texans have had a lot of uh, back and forth with people in, in the front office. Bill O'Brien is there, of course, speaking of Houston. Anyway, for another day. 803-0550 for your calls. Time here for that. Sal's going to join me at 5, and we'll have the roundtable then. The Football Friday smoking Hot Story of the Week, brought to you by Monroe Extinguisher, your trusted name in fire protection for more than 50 years. I'll nominate that Monday night game, the last game of Week 16, Baltimore over San Francisco, and what that win has meant to the, uh, not so much the playoff picture, but kind of the narrative about the AFC. Like I asked Mike Tanier a short bit ago, are the Ravens in their own tier? And he's like, yes, to that question. I just, it's so, not random only, but they're definitely not unbeatable. I mean, each one of these teams, including the Niners, have losses that are suspect. Of course, the Bills have a few of them. And it's just how it goes in the NFL. I just think... The more experience, this is what worries me for the Bills a little bit next week, or if they get Miami in the playoffs, I think the more experience you have against Josh Allen, the better off you are. And that might just be obvious, but what, like what I said about uh, the Dallas game, when Dallas came here two games ago, I did not like their chances at all. And And part of that is they just... Haven't they have one game's worth of experience four years ago? Dan Quinn had hardly any experience against Allen, just and the Bills. It wasn't a game as it turned out that Allen just crushed them, it was more just Cook that did that. But players, I'm thinking about players and how they can overread him when he gets out, uh, fall for the fakes, roughing the passer type stuff, not to mention just the, the, the passing itself. Miami has not beaten the Bills many times. And even in that playoff game that was close when they started Skylar Thompson, 
they gave up 35 points, I think it was, but I thought I thought that game was hard for Allen. And the the game in the snow a few weeks before that, a couple of weeks before that, the night game. Just like they, they got their points, the Bills, but Miami gets pressure on the Bills. And Jalen Ramsey, I just I I'm not as comfortable with that matchup as I've been at other times for the Bills. Baltimore, though, let's just see. When you when you haven't experienced him, so to speak, on the other side of the ball. I just think it's that much tougher to to trust your instincts because he's just so different than any other player to play against. So I might might be different from you on both of these where I think the Bills going to Miami, oof, just turnovers have happened and it'll be up to the Bills' defense, I think, which is definitely in play at keeping Miami in check so that the Bills can win sort of a modest scoring game. I would not expect like we had in what we had in week four uh next week. Baltimore though, I think again it's that probably that probably that kind of game. I guess you could say the same thing about Lamar Jackson and people have just how you you think of the Steelers or even the Browns uh this year more used to what they're expecting from him from experience, you know? Um Pittsburgh has done a great job against Jackson. And while we're talking about the Bills and the Dolphins here and what happens Sunday, what happens between Miami and Baltimore, it's such an opportunity for Baltimore if they win. And they are favored to win. No Jalen Waddle for Miami, but it's like three or three and a half, which I think is interesting how the line isn't, isn't bigger. The Dolphins not having much of a history against, uh, you know, a good history anyway, this year against good teams and still only Baltimore a small favorite there. But um, they, if they win, the Ravens, have clinched the one. So next week against the Steelers, they can do whatever they want. They can sit Lamar Jackson. They can sit veteran guys. You have like Ronnie Stanley, guys who've been hurt in and out this year. Kyle Hamilton is hurt now. Uh, Great opportunity for Baltimore if they get this game to take it easy in Week 18. Then they would have the bye after that, and that would make for – you know, we could talk about rest versus rust going into that game, but teams want the bye, and the Ravens would, I'm sure, love to be able to pin that down this week. If Miami beats them, that's the division for Miami, but that's not the one seed necessarily. The Ravens would have to play next week, and Miami against Buffalo, you'd certainly consider it possible that the Dolphins would lose that game. The Ravens could still end up at the one, but they're going to have to, they'd have to earn it next week if they lose this one. So much riding on that. No Bulldog today, but he sent in his picks, and uh, we'll give you that here next so that then Sal and I can settle into the roundtable starting at 5. It is Football Friday on WGR, presented by Topps Markets. Score big savings and elevate your food game. This is Mike Shope. Stay tuned. What if I did do it, even though I admit to nothing and never will? What does that make me? And I'm not here just defending myself, but all those pickers out there have been caught. Each and every one of them. Who has to suffer the shame and humiliation because of people like you? It's Mike Shope and the Bulldog. Are we not human? If we pick, do we not bleed? Not WGR. I am not an animal. Sports Radio 550. Let's get the picks in here. Bulldog is off, but he sent me uh, dutifully. He sent me his picks this morning. And I don't know what the what the number is. He has the lead on me, six or eight games, somewhere in there. It's a, it's a lot at this stage of the season. 
So I'm just going to go head-to-head against all of his. And it's very much on brand, I think. Um, he has had more success than I, so I think you'd have to prefer his brand. But he he goes for the better teams and doesn't fixate on the spreads. And I like to fixate in general and on the spreads. And I'll, t- I'll explain it as we go here. So here are his picks. Dallas, tomorrow night, Saturday night game, minus four and a five. Minus four and a half, 4.5, at home against Detroit. He's got, I've seen higher, but whatever. He's got Baltimore, you'll be happy, minus three and a half at home against Miami. The Rams on the road, minus five and a half at the Giants. I've also seen that number. Tyrod Taylor for the Giants in that game. Tampa Bay, minus two and a half at New Orleans. Close to clinching the NFC South, Tampa Bay. Seattle, Minus three and a half at home against Pittsburgh. So I'm going to go against all five of his games. Couple things. Um, maybe his routine is different with his not being here. So maybe uh, I'm, I'm catching him at the right time. And I'm behind, like I said. So I need like sort of a four and one here to his one and four would make it, you know, significantly closer. And these are kind of most of these games are games where. Tampa Bay minus two and a half at home against New Orleans, the way they're they're playing division title on the line. Like, why wouldn't you, right? Like, why wouldn't you pick Tampa? But it's not even three. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours... The energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Tacovis is a terrific boot brand, and they're bringing a fresh perspective to heritage boot making. So they've carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots. But they've innovated on comfort, style, and service. As someone who tries to pursue a minimalist lifestyle, I highly value quality over quantity. And I'm telling you, you can't find a higher quality boot than Tacovas. Their Western boots for men and women are handmade. Handmade from the most premium leathers with over 200 time-honored individual steps. Also, did I mention that they are Austin-designed, Texas-tested, and handmade down in the boot-making capital of the world, Leon, Mexico? And also, if you've ever wondered if you can pull off cowboy boots, which is something that I was thinking, you should pull on a pair of Tacovas and you'll see. Just do a quick search for Tacovas on social media and you'll see how adorably styled these boots can be. Visit tacovas.com, that's T E C O V A S.com, and point your toes west. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. The Saints. I mean, have the Saints been impressive at all? So that's how we're different. Two kinds of people when it comes to betting NFL games. You've got the the one guy who's like, okay, well, Tampa's better and they're at home and it's not even three. And the other guy goes, well, how can that be? So I'm happy to take New Orleans there because I think it's weird. I'm happy to take Detroit 
Jared Goff at Dallas, that could go off the rails pretty easily. But uh, four and a half is all no. I'll take Detroit tomorrow night. This is, like, by extension, I'm starting to sort of feel Detroit in the playoffs. And, like, everybody is saying, if they're the three seed, maybe they win that first game. Maybe it's even against the Rams, which would be really fun. Goff versus Stafford. If they are the three seed, then they go to Philadelphia, maybe, in the second round. And, like, who is going to pick a Jared Goff team in Philly in January? But I kind of I kind of want to. Philadelphia is getting thrown on like crazy. I think that's a bad matchup for them, and it's been an off year for the Eagles. So I'm, I'm getting in. I'm doing some playoff drafting when you don't even know who the teams are yet. I'm getting into Detroit as a playoff team. So that's where my head is. Miami plus three and a half is against Bulldog, and it's interesting to me that that's the the number with Waddle out and Miami's track record against the good teams. The way the Ravens just looked. It's a little fishy. Uh, maybe I, I don't think every line is fishy, by the way. Just some of them. The Rams, minus five and a half. I don't think that's fishy. I think that's hefty. The Rams going to the Giants across the country, giving almost a touchdown up there. I think the Giants could be feisty there. Stafford has been playing really well for the Rams, but not uh, not a sure thing, the way I see it. And that means this, this also means I'm on the Steelers. Uh, plus three and a half at Seattle. It's going to be Mason Rudolph again for Pittsburgh. Sure. Taking a look at the Bills injury report, and Sal will join me to talk some more about this uh, at the top of the hour for the the roundtable. Who have we got that was limited today? DeMar Hamlin listed as questionable. One of four Bills players listed as questionable. A.J. Epinesa, although he practiced in full. Daquan Jones coming back. Same thing. Looks good for him to make his return. That's big. And Justin Shorter, as well. Four players listed as questionable. Micah Hyde isn't off the list, practiced in full. Um, Terrell Bernard, same thing. All the other guys we were talking about. Ty Johnson, even, uh, same thing. So maybe Leonard Fournette goes back to the uh, inactive list or practice squad, even. The injury report, the update, brought to you by the Barnes firm. Car crash for help, call 1 800 8 million. Okay, Football Friday continues. It's presented by Tops Markets. Score big savings and elevate your food game. Sal Capaccio joins me next. We'll talk about the matchup, the Miami-Baltimore game, the playoff possibilities, what will happen to the schedule next week. Maybe the Bills and Dolphins go to Sunday night. Everything coming up after this break. This is Mike Shope on WGR. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of colors starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required, minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. 
spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. In vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified, diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Toyota, let's go places.